You are locked on Cougars. This is a Monday edition of the podcast, a holiday edition of the show as we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Hope you all are doing great out there, no matter if you're working or if you have the day off. We got plenty ahead on today's show to talk about with regards to the BYU Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. A lot to get to ahead, as I mentioned on today's show. Talking some BYU basketball, a big win as we recapped in our postcast edition Saturday night, taking down USF. What to make of it, and what is the road ahead for BYU? We'll dig into that. We'll also talk some BYU football. A head coaching opening at the University of Hawaii. How might that affect BYU? Could some of their coaches be in the mix for that head coaching position? We'll dig into that as well as catching you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos com to learn more. All right, let's dive in on a Monday and get rolling here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 17th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thank you again for taking some time to make us your first listen right here on Locked On Cougars. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a quick reminder or a plea for you guys. If you have not done so already, please make sure you leave us a rating and review. We absolutely love hearing from you guys, getting your thoughts on the show. And the way to do that is leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Or if you listen to another podcast provider, that allows you to leave feedback. Love hearing from you guys. So any and all feedback you guys can offer to us, love to hear from you. And I think moving forward here to incentivize you guys to do that, we may start handing out some BYU swag. I've got a few things on my hands over the last little bit that... Uh, Frankly, I, I've lost a bunch of weight this year, so I've got some BYU gear that's not going to fit me or it's too already too small for me. I just got gear, and I want to give it away to you guys. I'm going to reward the podcast listeners, so stay tuned for that. If you guys want to get a head start on that, leave us those ratings and reviews. All right, getting going here on a Monday edition of the show. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in BYU basketball. A huge win for the Cougars Saturday night. If you did not listen to our postcast edition with our my immediate reaction to that win for the Cougars, I think this was a huge win for BYU because it puts them in the driver's seat for second place in the West Coast Conference. Obviously, there'll be rematches to come against all three of the other contenders in the West Coast Conference. You got two home dates against USF and Gonzaga on the same weekend in early February. You also have a road date at St. Mary's. Those three games will prove pivotal, but the good news is you've already beaten St. Mary's and now USF once. So you already have a win over those guys and you have a little bit of an edge there. And I really like how BYU is trending right now. This is not, and as I said in the postcast, this is not a pretty basketball team. They, they, they're they they're gritty. They're tough. They just make plays when they have to. There's not a flair with this team. They, this is not the team of Mark Pope's first year where they were playing some absolutely phenomenal, flawless high-flying type hoop, and it was so much fun to watch. That's not this year's team. What this year's team does is they just refuse to die. Call them the Goonies if you want, because Goonies never say die. I never thought I'd use that reference on this show, but hey, we're here now. So I really think that BYU's in a good spot right now. 
for all intents and purposes, I think BYU, and this goes for the entire state of Utah, is carrying the banner as the favorite to represent the state of Utah in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, the two teams in the big sky, both Southern Utah and Weber State, are favored to win that conference, but it's a one-bid league. Their chances to go to the big dance as a 15 or a 16 seed will come down to one weekend in March when they're at the big sky tournament. BYU... Gonzaga is probably going to win the NCAA, no, no, NCAA tournament. Well, they might win the NCAA tournament. They're going to win the West Coast Conference tournament unless they get a massive upset between now and then, especially down there in Las Vegas. BYU, though, if they finish number two in the West Coast Conference, they're almost assuredly going to be a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. And I think that's absolutely where BYU is looking at right now. And you would be the only, quote-unquote, big dog in the state that's on track to do that. Utah State, they've fallen by the wayside. Utah's dead last in the pack. 12 right now. Dixie State is ineligible. UVU, who I thought might have a chance in the whack, is suddenly just stumbling left and right. So BYU right now carrying the banner for the state. And I think that they are on their track. And that's the fun part if you're BYU. What you need to have happen now is for BYU not to stumble over itself. Obviously, there are going to still be tough games to come for BYU. This is a team, speaking of the Cougars, does not shoot the ball at a very high clip and consistently. They don't score consistently in games. I've said this. You can go back and listen to multiple podcasts since this game, since this season started. I, I have said that this BYU team, they need to put together a consistent 40 minutes on offense, and they still have not done that in any game that I can remember this season. Maybe the most consistent offense they had was actually in that blowout loss to Gonzaga. BYU is very, very good in the in the open court. When they're playing up and down, end-to-end basketball in transition, they're actually really good. It's The problem is when BYU gets forced to play in the half court, they struggle. They are a horrendous half-court team right now. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. You just have to watch it. The weave at the top of the thing does nothing, it seems like, for BYU. They need to find some way to generate more looks on offense. I, I don't know. And Let me be clear about this. I am no basketball savant. I have a very base level knowledge of this sport, but I can tell you one thing. Watching BYU operate in the half-court, it's painful right now. Now, some things that I think are good for BYU right now is Husini Traore, my friends, is going to be an absolute star for BYU. He may stand only six foot six, but he has a seven foot one wingspan and a 40 inch vertical. He is an absolute freak. And what he is doing, my friends, is he is making life miserable for opposing teams. He's averaging 1.4 blocks per game. This is a guy who has teammates of his on the court at all times who are taller than him, but what he does is he just operates in that paint relationship and he is so, so good. I love watching this dude play. He had two blocks against USF. He shot 50% from the field, nine points, seven, uh, nine rebounds. He's averaging 7.8 rebounds per game. He is doing everything that BYU has needed from him. And the incredible part is, if you looked at him when he walks on the court, you're like, well, BYU's at a size disadvantage in this game. He plays so much bigger than he is. I saw, I believe it was our good friend Post Jimmer out there on Twitter say that he has a six foot ten standing reach. Folks, he plays like he is six foot nine, six foot ten. He his arms, the seven foot one wingspan that he has, and his ability to leap at forty inches, weighing two hundred and fifty four pounds, according to the roster absolutely phenomenal. I'm also starting to really like the strides we're continuing to see from Atiki Ali Atiki. Atiki is an absolute specimen. If you just look at his physique, he is what you would hope Fuseni Traore was. Or the, no, okay, let me rephrase that. He is what you would expect Fuseni Traore looks like 
looking at the stats that Big Foose is putting up. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm actually intrigued by both of these young men and their continued improvement for this BYU basketball squad. If they continue to improve at the rate they are improving, BYU may actually be okay in terms of not having to necessarily hit the we need a transfer for a big man in the transfer portal this coming offseason. I know there's still a long ways to go on that front. I still expect BYU will pursue a big man in the transfer portal, but the continued improvement from these young men in the front court, Atiki Ali Atiki and Fus Traore, I'm very much in favor of it. I really like what I'm seeing from both of them. The nice part is that they don't have to carry the load for this team. That That is the positive news for this team right now. The other thing I'm really liking, one other player that I'm really liking right now for BYU is Gideon George. Gideon George, similar to Fus Traore, plays much bigger than he stands. I think they list Gideon at what, 6'5", six 6'6". Foot five, six foot six. Uh, he is a guy, 6'6", six six, 210 pounds, but he has got a 7-foot wingspan in his own right. The funny thing about this is he's become one of the more consistent shooters for BYU this season stunningly enough. I notice his stats don't indicate necessarily as such as he's at 36% field goal percentage and 32.1% three-point percentage, but it seems like when he has an open look right now from three, he's hitting it. He's drilling it, and that's actually a very, very good sign for BYU. The hope is it becomes more consistent, and he's able to continue to hit those shots with regularity, and I think that will open up BYU's offense some. One thing they're struggling with right now in that half court is the spacing. They just get too jumbled. They just get so compact, and it makes an opposing team's ability to defend you that much easier when you're playing in a confined space. They need to find some spacing, and hopefully they will continue to find that. The nice part is they hit a little bit of, I guess, what you'd call a lull in the schedule this week. San Diego and Portland this week, those should be relative breaths of fresh air for BYU after really, really hard games the last three games against the other top dogs in the conference, but I think some positive signs are on the horizon. They're here for BYU, but on the horizon as well. And it sure looks like BYU, it's all systems go right now. Right now, based on what I'm seeing, I think you can pretty much book a spot in the big dance for BYU basketball. All right, we'll flip over and talk a little BYU football ahead coaching opening at the University of Hawaii. How might that affect BYU's coaching staff? We'll dig into that momentarily. First, though, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, Built Bar has been a sponsor with us, I don't know, for the better part of two years now, but it's a new year, so that means New Year's resolution still ongoing. If yours includes getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. And folks, I can speak to this because over the past year plus, Built Bar have been critical to my losing 40 plus pounds. I can speak to it because I've lived it. I've walked that path. So if you want to eat healthy, I know how tough it can be because by like week three, you're probably thinking, okay, this just ain't for me, my friends. Where's that chocolate? The good news is Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They can satisfy that craving you're having. But the best part is they only contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Here is the idea, my friends. Go to your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever you keep them. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats that are there and replace them with Built Bars. When you're craving that snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible, and we will help you guys save some cash when you place that order now at Built.com. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com and get 15% off your order. That's 1-5. L-O-C-K-E-D-1. 15% off your order at Built.com using the promo code LOCKED15. And more importantly, when you support our friends at Built Bar, you're also supporting BYU football players in the process. So once again, use that promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. 
Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms out there and appreciate you guys being a part of this community. It's crazy to think we're in the offseason football-wise, but our numbers refuse to drop off. So thank you to those of you who have stuck with us, even with football season being over. We're going to carry you all the way through football season getting going again, and we'll have plenty of content for you guys throughout the offseason. So thank you for your support as always. Now let's talk a little BYU football. Hawaii is a program that BYU has been connected with for many, many years. Many of you can probably think back to those late-night battles out there in the islands for Lavelle Edwards and his teams when BYU and Hawaii were in the whack. Well, Hawaii obviously has been a very, very fertile recruiting ground for BYU, both player and coaching-wise. Now, there is an opening at the University of Hawaii after Todd Graham resigned his position late last week after all kinds of allegations came out. And who would have thought a guy who has been notorious for being just hard on his players would not work out at the University of Hawaii when there are other, I thought, more qualified and more ready built or ready-made coaches that would have fit that culture much better than Todd Graham. They went with a guy who ostensibly had success at Hawaii, at, 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 excuse me, at Arizona State and can bring that success at the Power 5 level to the University of Hawaii. The dude had no connections to the islands other than probably wanting to spend a three or four year vacation in the islands, making a near a million dollars a year and enjoying the good weather. It's a tough job. Let's be very clear about that as well. Resources are lacking for the program. They've been lacking for years. Even when they went to that Sugar Bowl back in, what, 2008 with Colt Brennan, there was that famous quote from Colt Brennan, they didn't have soap in the showers for the players. This is a program that does not have a lot of resources, but they have a lot of pride in that community for the Rainbow Warriors. So with this opening, obviously, I think there are going to be connections to many Polynesian coaches and Obviously, the attention is going to come on BYU because of their connections with Polynesians and just their connections overall to the islands. The guy that I think is most in the crosshairs right now, if Hawaii wants to hire him, is Ed Lamb. Ed Lamb is an interesting character because he is biting and chomping at the bit to make an opportunity or make that jump to being an FBS head coach. He came to BYU with the thought of being the assistant head coach after jumping from being the head coach of Southern Utah to join Kalani Satake's staff with the thought that eventually he would be able to spin off and be a head coach at the FBS level. This would be a good spot for Ed Lamb because Southern Utah, similar to Hawaii, is lacking in resources in a major way. I don't need to tell you guys all the details of what I know about it, but Ed Lamb is used to doing more with less, and that is what you have to have at the University of Hawaii. Does Ed Lamb want this job right now? That is a big question mark, because I heard conflicting reports on both sides about whether he would pursue it this go-around like he did last time, or if he would sit back and let BYU get into the Big 12 and be a part of that and see maybe if a bigger opportunity were to come his way. I heard conflicting reports over the weekend from people I was talking to about that. Here's the thing about it. Even if Ed Lamb passes on it, there are plenty of other coaches that Hawaii may kick the tires on at BYU. One of them, Elisa Tuiaki, who is from Hawaii. He's got connections. Obviously, he has had a high level of success. I know that it's relative in many people's eyes at BYU as their defensive coordinator, but he would be a guy that you'd want to look at. Fessy Satake, I think, also would be a guy you keep an eye on because Fessy Satake, was the Polynesian connection, would be a guy that Hawaii may get further down their list on if other people start turning them down. Fessy Satake might be a guy that they keep an eye on. The the problem now for BYU is, and the timing of this is a little 
uh, tricky because the National Signing Day is coming up in early February. So Hawaii is going to want to try and get a move on on this and try and cobble together any type of a recruiting class that they possibly can before National Signing Day. The problem is you get that head coach in there is you be able to have coaches, assistant coaches locked in that can go out and recruit. I, I think it's going to be tough. So if a guy like Ed Lamb, for example, were to take this job, how much is he going to be able to do in terms of getting guys in place and also doing the recruiting side of things before National Signing Day? Anybody who takes this job right now needs to go in there with their eyes wide open. The University of Hawaii is going to be behind the eight ball. Todd Graham has run off some of their top players. Shavan Cordero, their starting quarterback, their top running back. They have had all kinds of talent leave that program because of Todd Graham just being an absolute putz. So, you are going to need what they call a year zero. You're going to have to tear things down in the University of Hawaii to the studs and rebuild it from the ground up. That is where I think a guy like Ed Lamb would relish the opportunity. But, at the same time, he's had a good run at BYU and he may want to see this run through till they make it to the Big 12 and see what other opportunities come his way as a result of this. Ed Lamb was a finalist for that job. Some would tell you, I saw it in, uh, on The Athletic, I think, that he finished number two for the job last time. I have it on very, very good authority that he was in the final three at bare minimum for Hawaii last time. They made a mistake in picking Todd Graham. There was no doubt about that. Robert Anai, a former BYU offensive coordinator, was also in the mix this last go-round. He pulled his name out of the mix because the University of Virginia stepped up with a nice contract extension and more money for him. I, I can tell you that much because I know exactly what happened in that circumstance. The University of Hawaii wanted Robert and I to apply for the job because he is from Laie. He is from Oahu, where the University of Hawaii is located. I know it's on the other side of the island there in Honolulu, but still. Robert and I pulled his name out of the mix when Virginia stepped forward with uh, extra years and extra money on his contract. He has now made that jump to Syracuse. I would imagine if he wants to get back in the mix, he absolutely could be in the mix, but he may have decided at this point, you know what, if they're going to not have the resources there, I'm content where I'm at going to Syracuse. I can tell you this much. The weather in Syracuse, New York versus Honolulu, Hawaii, there is hands down no debate over which one you would pick. But I think that there are going to be plenty of connections to the BYU football program. They're going to be in the mix for this job. If a guy like Ed Lamb were to get the job, it would not surprise me to see him take one, two, or maybe even three BYU assistants with him to help fill out his staff. And that would open up opportunities for Kalani to shuffle some guys around, hire some new blood, and maybe inject some new ideas, etc., into the BYU football program. That might be a net positive or a net negative in your mind, but it could have a uh, an impact on BYU football no matter who gets this job at Hawaii. I think there is going to be an interesting, uh, what you'd call it, a, a, what am I trying to say? A, a falling, uh, the chips are going to fall where they are. Oh, man, I'm, the analogy I'm trying to, is right at the tip of my tongue. It's the dominoes. Yeah, the dominoes are going to start to fall with this and BYU may be part of it. Obviously, after National Signing Day, there is always a shuffle with assistant coaches suddenly being like, well, I've had a great time here, but I'm taking a job over there. BYU seems to have stayed out of that by and large, but this head coaching job at the University of Hawaii could prove to be very interesting in terms of what effect it could have on Kalani Satake's program. We'll have to wait and see, but I am interested to see where this all shakes out and how much of an impact it does have on the Cougars moving forward. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out this Martin Luther King 
Junior Day edition of the podcast with the weekend recap. What else happened in BYU sports over the weekend? We'll catch up on all of that in just a second. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, who would like to wish you guys a happy new betting year as they continue their march in the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. And of course, with the new year, they have a brand new updated desktop and mobile website, which you can sign up for free at today. That's betonline.ag. And while you're there, make sure you receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started with that. That's a 50% welcome bonus courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. From football, basketball, hockey, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for um, our friends at Bet Online, which is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Once again, it's a promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. It's all courtesy of bet online where the game starts before we go here on this monday edition of the show let's catch up on everything else that happened over the weekend we'll start off with the number 18 byu women's basketball program they went to los angeles and absolutely handed it to loyola marymount with a 77 to 37 victory over lmu saturday afternoon the cougars improved to 14 and 1 on the season they're 4-0 in the conference they held lmu to just 30.6 percent shooting from the field and forced a season high 31 turnovers Absolutely incredible. BYU has now held back-to-back opponents, opponents, excuse me, under 40 points, and just absolutely are obliterating West Coast Conference opposition. They'll remain on the road this week as they take on Pepperdine and Malibu on Thursday night at Firestone Fieldhouse. Tip-off in that game is set Thursday night at 8 o'clock Mountain Time, 7 o'clock Pacific Time. And folks, if you are in Southern California, you have a chance to go watch a game at Pepperdine, do it. Firestone Fieldhouse, University of uh, Pepperdine, there in Malibu. Wow. Some prime real estate and worth the trip. I can tell you that much. And obviously a chance to support the Cougars while you're doing that. That's always fun to do as well. So congratulations, Jeff Judkins and his squad continuing to get it done. Kind of funny to see them on social media over the weekend. Lee Kamard, uh, they ran into Charles Barkley in LAX. So kind of fun thing. Uh, Sir Charles, obviously a legend in basketball circles and taking a picture with the BYU women's hoops team. Now, other things that happened over the weekend, the number 16 ranked BYU women's gymnastics team got the their first win of the season going to Lincoln, Nebraska and beating the Cornhuskers 195.750 to 193.925. Let's put it this way. What I understand about gymnastics and gymnastics parlance, that's a blowout. So a big win for BYU and Guard Young, their head coach. Very impressive. A guard Young said this, they are not on our normal schedule, so it was really cool to come to a school with such a fantastic environment and compete at a high level. I am really proud of the girls. Our performances were awesome, and the girls stuck together and did not shy away from their routines. The girls stayed focused and positive, at, and the state of the program is what I am really excited for. So a big win for BYU. They're back on the road this week, headed to Cedar City to take on Southern Utah in a dual meet. That'll be Friday night at 7 o'clock in the America First Event Center down there at SUU. And then the other note from this past week, weekend at the BYU Indoor Invitational Round 2 for men's and women's track and field yielded 11 first place finishes for BYU as it concluded the BYU Cougar Indoor Invitational on Saturday. Really, really good things for Ed Stone, as he said. I think it was a really outstanding meet considering we were coming off the Christmas break with testing and people being out uh, 
people out being quarantined. It gave those healthy athletes that we have an opportunity to get out, stretch their legs, get ready for our first traveling meet that's coming up with Air Force and then Washington. All in all, a good overall opener for us, and we'll look to build on that in the future. So congratulations to all the track and field athletes. 11 first place finishes. Really good to see that, and obviously BYU showing well in that regard. Now the final thing was a feel-good story from the weekend. Many of you know who Derek Stevenson is, obviously a very outspoken BYU alum, BYU football alum on social media. Well, this is really cool. Derek was actually up in Portland over the weekend on his social media, and he put out a tweet that came out last night or yesterday evening saying, a stranger tracked me down on Twitter after finding my cotton bowl ring in the gutter in downtown Portland. People are good with the uh, praying hands emoji. Says, the thief that broke into my car the night before, so this would have been Saturday night, must have Googled my stats from college with the hands up emoji. This is really, really cool because Portland, let's be honest, it's got a really bad rap in recent weeks and months and years because of some, let's just put it this way, bad behavior from some of the residents of that city. But this was a feel-good story. Somebody walking along says, hi, you don't know me. I live in Portland. I was walking home after work last night when I saw this on the ground. I picked it up and I noticed your name on the inside of the ring. I thought you'd probably want it back. I know what it's like for your car to get broken into. I'm not far from downtown and can totally meet up with you whenever. Just let me know. That is a thing that makes you restore some faith in humanity, especially in a place like Portland. Like I said, it had a really bad rap. So, you know what? Tip of the cap to that young lady who returned that uh, ring. I know Derek personally. I know how much his time at BYU has meant to him. I know he can come off uh, as a really, really uh, tough character on social media. Derek has a good heart. Let me be very clear about that. He is as passionate as any BYU fan out there about his Cougars. And I know that ring, I have talked to him about that ring, means the world to him. So probably for him to have lost that ring, he was probably devastated. But to have that returned to him, really really cool and something I thought was worth pointing out on today's show. So that's going to end our show. We'll end it on a high note here and a big thank you once again for your guys' support of the podcast as always. Coming up this week, we're going to have some fun. We're going to do a lot of... um, BYU football stuff. We'll do some deep dives on BYU basketball. And you know what? We might even just start talking about whatever. If you guys have questions, uh, stuff you guys would like to have me address on the podcast, I love your guys' feedback. So we'll do a Twitter Tuesday edition of the show. I'll throw it out right now. Hit us back on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LockedOnCougars, or at my personal Twitter feed, Jacob C. Hatch is the handle, or even our email address, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Hit us with your questions. I'd be happy to address and field any and all questions you guys might have. I love when you guys are a part of this show. So please send in those questions. We'll get to a Twitter Tuesday segment tomorrow. I want to talk a little bit more about Alex Barcelo and what he is doing for BYU right now because he is absolutely, I think, a legend that we maybe are not appreciating to its fullest level. We'll probably dig into that a little bit more tomorrow. I'll explain what I mean by that. But thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys now to go make Locked On Bets your second listen of the day. It is your daily shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms just like this one. So check that out. And until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 17th, 2022. And we will catch you guys manana.